Welcome to episode 29 of the ADV podcast. We have a very special guest on the show today. We'll be getting to that in a moment. Are you excited? I'm very excited. I'm super excited. I mean... Uh, this will be a fun one. Some He's, he's a pretty famous comedian mm-hmm. and uh, rap singer, but you probably never heard of him because and he's, he's very... banned from China. Yeah, he's very famous in China. Mm. And uh, you'll find out why. Not anymore. We, <laughs> <laughs> we, we will uh, talk about that later, obviously, and discuss it with him when we get him on the show in a short while. But, of course, we have to start out our show with what's new. So this is where we talk, what do we about, talk about what's new in oh, China. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know? that's right. That's, that's, that's how it goes. Me. Just had to tell you guys anyway sure. let's move on to um something in the background here which looks you can quite let it run for a little devastating while. um yeah what is happening here so Seok? this is recent cell phone footage from tongren guizhou on the left we've actually ridden through there mm-hmm. uh, spent a little bit of time there when we were shooting conquering southern china yep that's a riverside city very close to the three gorges dam near chongqing yep and it is being flooded. Actually, the whole region is being horrifically flooded. This is a flood basin. It usually happens every year and to some effect. Yeah. But this is like the worst flood they've seen in ages, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, the problem with this is, number one, people are being displaced and they're kind of screwed and it's dangerous. People are dying. Yeah. But number two, the Chinese government hates when stuff like this happens because it reminds them of the mandate of heaven, which is an ancient Chinese uh, theory, basically, a, a practice that... Yeah. If something devastating happens to enough people in China, that means that emperor or that ruler needs to change. So that would effectively mean very traditional and superstitious Chinese people would believe it's time for a regime change. So they're trying to cover this up. Now, I'm going to have you talk a bit of of history in a second. But the reason that um, it's it's getting more and more difficult to get footage from this flood. Originally, it was being spread around um, just like the Sichuan earthquake. Yeah, social media. Yeah, social media sharing. It is now illegal and authorities are arresting people that are sending flood pictures and flood videos and posting them online because it's disrupting harmony. And that's yeah. just evil, dude. Absolutely, because now people are not going to be able to seek out help. That's what happened in Sichuan. Yeah, and uh, people are going to not know that this is going on, so they won't be sending in help and trying to help out. Listen, drainage is a big problem it in is. China. Uh, having lived in Guangdong for so many years, whenever you had the summer rains, mm. very often you would get these massive floods. The, the roads would be covered, mm-hmm. buses would be like covered cars would be covered and um i've been stuck in a couple of these Mm -hmm. floods before it's normal yeah it's quite normal you know you see not only do you see with your own eyes but you actually see like uh lots of posts on social media banks being flooded and cars and buses um and there's actually quite an interesting thing about the drainage is that there are only two cities in china that are good at drainage Qingdao, which was german built by the germans back in the day they built a good drainage system and there's um what's the other city it's an ancient chinese city which the ancient, uh, the ancient Chinese drainage system works incredibly well. Is it well. Xi'an? Uh, I don't want to misquote myself. Or Nanjing, I can't remember. Yeah, anyway, anyway. It's, it, there, there are two. Mm-hmm. But all the other modern cities in China, every time there's massive floods, I mean massive rains, mm-hmm. you get terrible It's very flooding. poor infrastructure. Yeah. Now, this is all leading up to people talk, talking about and speculating that the Three Gorges Dam, we can go back to the first picture Yeah. and, and pause it there. The Three Gorges Dam is under a lot of pressure. This is the biggest dam in the world. Yes. It has displaced millions of people in villages that are currently underwater, not because of flooding, because it, it was necessary to flood the area when they built it. Was it was a huge, huge undertaking by the Communist Party. Yeah. And like you wanted me to say earlier, in fact, the first emperor of China became the emperor because he built a dam. He figured out that by damming you know, the, the rivers, he could keep the water and then there's better agriculture. You could set up rice paddies and things like that. So it was the initial 
creation of a dam that kind of started China. Mm-hmm. And the first emperor of China, that's one of the main things that got him to become emperor. I feel like that's super lame. It, yeah, a dam. <laughs> it's simple. I mean, it is, but it, it, <laughs> it's, it's useful. Yeah, it's highly effective, especially when people are starving and drought sure, and stuff. If you sure. can make sure there's water, it's going to make you an important person. So I think what we've seen is successively we've seen Chinese leaders go back to mm-hmm. that initial like recipe for success and try to replicate it. It's very true, and it, it's always been a symbol of strong leadership in China. Yeah. Let me. I got a quote from Mao. Yeah. He Mao actually penned, he penned a poem. A poem. He and he has multiple poems only about dams. He was that obsessed with dams. Mm-hmm. In 1958, he penned a poem uh, about his obsession with dams that said, "Great plans are being made. Walls of stone will stand upstream to the west, and the mountain goddess, if she is still there, will marvel at a world so." changed okay <laughs> he was obsessed with changing stuff yeah. so he always talked about like you we have to overcome nature we have to like destroy nature basically yeah. and get on top of it so we can build stuff this is in the psyche of a lot of uh, communist leadership in china mm-hmm. and that's why you see so many disasters like bridges falling and stuff the infrastructure is not there it's corrupt yeah but they do these mega projects with a high in a high rates of failure sure so i want you to go to a picture that i put in here yeah sure and okay. uh, this is another piece of history so everyone can go and google like bbc articles about this dam but we wanted to bring in why this is actually quite relevant yeah this in 1975 this is the banqiao dam yeah and this was in henan province this collapsed and it killed at the end it killed 280,000 people so we're talking we're not talking about like the 1800s here no no it was 1970s we're, a quarter of a million people died in the yeah. 1970s from this dam burst so this is not a a, a new occurrence no 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 you no, know? no. Yeah, but they successfully covered it up until recently. They did. Didn't. It was it was barely talked about until mm-hmm. some documents came out. Yeah, so you can understand the communist leadership. They build dams as like a, I don't know, a signal of power. You know, they're a symbol of power, I should say. And it's very important to them. So the Three Gorges Dam was a huge undertaking, mm-hmm. and of course the biggest dam in the world. Very it has controversial to be. as well. Yeah, and uh, they destroyed a lot of ancient historical sites and things in order to do People's it, and of villages. course villages and, and settlements are all underwater now. Mm. And right now a lot of people, like international es- experts, are saying that, you know what, it's going to burst. There's a very big chance that it's going to fail. And the Chinese government is like, no, that's a lie. It's, it's false foreign rumors. It's within like the normal, you know, tolerances. It's fine. It's moving around, but that's just elasticity. But you've got some real like world leading experts saying, hang on a second, this doesn't look very good. And if the floods continue, you could be in a problem and the dam may burst. And it's before anyone claims we're being unfair because of speculation at this yeah. point. The general consensus amongst like really top level like hydro scientists basically yeah. that study this kind of stuff, they said there is a good chance the dam won't burst, right? True. But the problem is, is after they get through this flood season, it will rot the internals of the of the dam and reduce structural integrity so bad that if they have one uh, another torrential downpour like this flood season yeah. again next year, which is a rare occurrence, right? Mm-hmm. This is really bad. Um, if they have another one, then the dam will have a high chance of breaking. Well, you know, when the, the Communist Party put this dam together, in their whole unveiling thing, they uh, made a speech to say that this dam will last 10,000 years. Mm-hmm. And they've recently reduced that to 100 years. They've yes. kind of made a little yeah. <laughs> addendum to that. So yeah. actually, yeah, it'll last about 100 years. Right. It still so, covers their ass, though, because like it's a long time away. Yeah, 100 it's years. It's really new. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so we're not trying to say that the Three Gorges Dam is going to burst, 
But what we're trying to say is that you're not even allowed to speculate about it now in China because they've blocked discussion on it. And videos and yeah, social media. And so, yeah. to, to round off the topic, the potential disaster that would come from this, yeah. um, definitely pretty much everyone agrees on this. If the dam were to burst, it would be the end of the Chinese government because that would be one of the biggest traumatic events in a year where something already happened that was really bad. Yeah. Also would affect Wuhan again. Yeah. Uh, it would displace millions of people, cause innumerable deaths. So yeah, we we absolutely hope that nothing comes of, of this and that it, it manages to hold, you know. We'll see how it goes. But there's one thing that that about this whole situation is that the the communist government will not be able to cover it up no, because no. satellite imagery right. will tell the truth. So if it does It'd burst, we'll end. know about it. Yeah. Um, but they're of course trying their best to suppress any news about it and we'll see how it comes out and hopefully it's all okay. Yes. But it is a worry because it's shifting around and these floods are putting excessive pressure on the dam. And I, I heard that there is speculation that if it were to burst, it could yeah. disrupt tectonic plate movement. Yeah, well, you know, go read up on it. Yeah. There's anyway, a lot of information out there. Let's do some uh, some questions. Yes, we're going to do some super chats before we move into our main section where we're going to have our special guest on here. Yep. So, And to remind everyone, I don't want to be this guy, please make sure you're subscribed to the channel because mm. we get double the amount of views as subscribers. So if you're if you forget, please click subscribe. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Kale, Ho Kale Hogg, uh, for the Silver Bullet Fund. Nice. Do you think if Japan contributes to rebuild its offensive military capacity, will China try to antagonize them more or less? They would antagonize them more. The thing is, uh, China is antagonizing a lot of uh, countries in that area, and I think that's leading to... Japan wanting to yeah. uh, up, up its military and it's other places, you know, it's point. a necessity because they keep firing missiles and doing these like flying their jet fighters closer and encroaching on space. And they, they do a lot of this. They keep testing the waters. They push the boundary more and more and more. And a lot of the times people in other countries, they just kind of relent and they move back and back and back. And China is doing this very, this kind of slow game of slowly taking over the entire mm. South China Sea taking over parts of India, mm. taking over parts of, you know, places near Taiwan and Japan. And so it's getting to a point now where people are like, okay, enough. You know, you keep Pop putting your brakes. hand in and stealing a cookie out the sure. cookie jar, but guess what? You're almost out. And when you finish that cookie jar, then we're going to have words. Right. You know? Correct. So sorry, JPN. Uh, yep. IPA pack on me, Winston, for dealing with that hornet's nest of a car alarm. Well, <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to drink all the IPAs. Yeah, yeah you will. <laughs> you can you have will. the silver bullet. Okay, yeah, Thank yeah. you. Yeah, that, that wasn't fun. <laughs> yeah, on our car channel, Worthless yeah, Whips. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do one more. Zachary, Five Bones says the Tofu Dam in Chongqing is going to collapse. Stay awesome. China, thanks for recommending Doc Winston. Oh, uh, absolute pleasure. I hope a lot of people got to see that because it shows you some of the good, like very creative people of China. You know, I went around and interviewed them and it was a good, it was a good thing to do. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Cool. Um, I do believe we have someone waiting. Yes. Okay, guys. So what we're going to do is we're going to be, uh, let's just make sure everything's lined just up and ready here. And I think we can manage to head on over to our main segment, which of course is Soft Power Hour. Just, uh, we dug up this shitty webcam. It looks like we got a Chinese beauty filter on us, you know? Blinded by the light. Nice. Yeah, I have like a not the best webcam either. <laughs> That's all right. We don't, we don't need to worry about that. Cool. All right, Those so Chinese beauty camera things <laughs> fuck me up, man. Dude, you just like, <laughs> cut off half of your face and make your eyes look like aliens. I, I went to a streaming house and uh, you know during my last documentary I did, and I actually got to sit down at one of their stations where they have these mini rooms where they just sit and stream all day, and the computer is set up to just like on the fly, 
just changed the way you look as you're talking and moving around. It looks ridiculous. You look like an alien. <laughs> Dude, it's so sad, man. It's so sad. I've seen like beautiful women just like carve up their faces to try and like meet that beauty standard. And I feel like it's like... an addiction too, because like you you do it a little bit and you're like, okay, that's a big improvement, and then they do it a little bit more and a little bit more, and then the like third parties look at it and they're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then they get the dopamine rush of like posting it on their pungyo right. tar on their WeChat, <laughs> yeah. and like people are like, wow, your new chin looks great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. so sharp. <laughs> Uh, so dude we're we're really happy to be able to interview you because um we came just came across your videos i think someone sent them to us or someone mentioned you in in a comment section somewhere and immediately i was like this guy gets it you know you it's very difficult to explain to people who haven't dedicated a lot of time to chinese the, the culture the language and you know knowing china it's it's people like you who are hit the hardest by what's going on in China at the moment, you know, um, mm-hmm. just, just like us having spent so many years there. You, you really um, have to have that in-depth knowledge of the culture, the language and the people um, in order to really understand what's going on. So looking mm-hmm. at your stuff, uh, the, the videos you're putting out connect very deeply with us because we understand exactly where you're coming from. It's so funny because especially Lawa 86 when you put out your video the first one where it was like the country i love changed i remember seeing it on the Rhine, the china subreddit mm-hmm. and i was like fuck do i want to click this like do i really want to watch this and i was like all right fuck it i'll watch it and i started watching it and it was just like a moment where i was like had everything i was already suspecting and seeing and thinking like you were just confirming it and i was like just like you said, it hits really hard because I didn't want to go this route. I obviously love China and I would have loved to stay in China and develop myself professionally. But then like I saw I saw videos like that and I was just like, God damn it, they're right. Like things are fucked, dude. I got to get out of here. Yeah, it's a, I think Winston said it well as well is that when you do understand what's going on around you, it breaks your heart. And when you yeah. see the people that are still there and they still apologize for you know the Chinese government or whatever's happening there, it's the people that don't understand anything that's going around them. So they can still go to their barbecue with their like mail order bride or whatever, you know, CCP shills do and post positive YouTube videos about every, how everything's rosy and amazing and stuff. And when you actually can understand and talk to people, then that's when your heart gets broken. Yeah. And I saw that in your right. And then Chinese people think the opposite is true. That like these guys that are just like, don't understand shit but are really happy and are like, whatever, I could say, well, I Zhongguo. I could say I love China. What's wrong with that? Right. And it's like, we're not saying anything's wrong with it. We're just saying you're stupid and ill-informed. Right, yeah. Yeah. correct. Yeah, you walk around and you can't understand what people are saying. Um, you can make up your own fantasy, and that's something I think most fresh-off-the-boat foreigners do. You walk around and you see, look at this uh, lovely old man in the park. You know, he, he must be having deep thoughts and, uh, you know, he's practicing some kind of meditation meanwhile he's sitting there like you know that kind of thing you just like <laughs> it's just a it's a funny uh, situation so you can make this wonderful fantasy in your head how it's such a peaceful wonderful society everything's cool everything's working well but that's because you can't engage with anyone you can't understand what they're saying um and i gotta just say straight off the bat i don't personally know any foreigner who can speak chinese as well as you can i mean i know they exist but your your chinese is absolutely fantastic um, and you I can appreciate see, that. Yeah, you've definitely dedicated. It, yeah, man. people would, 
kids asked me how and I was like well 12 years of my life like <laughs> Americans are always like they want to hear like oh I just go to sleep with headphones and listen to Chinese <laughs> yeah. and I woke up fluent it's like no I put 12 years of my fucking life into it right. how else exactly. do you do it? it's not yeah. like Rosetta Stone you know? actually quite curious yeah. as, I, I know that you have a history with the rap of China and stuff but um, what got you into studying Chinese and how long did you actually stay in China so I first started just because in high school, uh, I just we had to do a language requirement. And one of my friends was doing Chinese. And so I was like, fuck it, I'll do Chinese with him. Um, I had no plans to study it for a long time, as most people do or don't. And then I was like two years into it. And I went when I was 19, I went to an internship in Shanghai. And that was 2009. And so, like, I always compare the feeling to, like, 1950s America or what I would imagine it be like. Where you guys definitely felt it, too, where there's just mm. this entrepreneurial energy yeah. everywhere. And I just remember being like, holy shit, this is this country is the future, man. I got to learn this language. I'm so fascinated. And, like, uh, that's when I really put my foot down and started learning hardcore. And then... Um, you know, I got scholarships through the Chinese government. They like Yangwa. They like took care of me. They gave <laughs> nice. me scholarships for all the way through. I think they're going to cancel these programs now after. after <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's it's ridiculous how. I mean, I'm. Uh, it's great that they were able to do that, but it's quite ridiculous how the the government will latch on to like uh, these the, the small people. You know, if one. Uh, like random YouTuber says China is great. Suddenly that guy will be appearing in like national news as like a bastion of truth or something. It's like, look at this random little fuck? dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It doesn't make sense, dude. Like anybody could see if you have like any eye, any like perspective whatsoever, you can see that uh, that Nathan Rich is like a scumbag. Yeah, and it's dude. like it, it's it's kind of like Chinese people with um like they can't tell if someone's gay. Like yeah. you'll watch yeah. a show like Teapot Floor or something and it's like you're watching it with a Chinese friend you're like, oh, that dude's definitely gay. And the, the friends will be like, what? <laughs> no. How do you, how no. Can you see that? It's like, he just likes makeup me? and acts effeminately, <laughs> you know? It's like, wow, like, of course he's gay. Like I remember there's that uh, guy, he's also American. He was on Shuo and he was blonde. Uh, his name is Wiley, I think, Meng Fei, or no, Meng Tian or something. Oh, that sounds familiar. His Chinese is better than mine. I always like say he's like, like he's like my Moby Dick, like or he's my white whale. Um, <laughs> I'll never catch him. But he is was in a tough position because, as you know, towards the end of that season, that was when Xi Jinping came into power, and that's when they really started to suppress any type of other ideologies, including homosexuality and like mm -hmm. he had to. I remember like watching an episode where he had to pretend where he was talking about being on a date with a girl. And I was watching with a Chinese friend. And I was like, oh, my God, this is awful. He's, he's like pretending to be somebody he's not. And she's like, what? No, what are you talking about? This is this is fine. Yeah, he's like, too no. handsome to be gay. <laughs> That's what they say. Yeah, Otherwise, it's a waste. Out in like high heels and stuff. <laughs> I'm like, listen, I'm supportive. Like, you can yeah. do whatever you want. Sure. I don't care. Yeah. But like, he's obviously gay. <laughs> yeah. uh, I yeah. mean, they were blurring earrings off of males on TV. That's when you know that the Xi Jinping, you know, regime was cracking down. Yeah, tattoos and stuff. Yeah. And a lot of that's shown. when you know you just have. That's why I did a voiceover for that whole long video, yeah. uh, that Billy Billy video, and yeah. like I was, I said one of them because a country's only as shitty as the heterosexual old <laughs> men in charge. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> that's then. what that is. 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, I tell Chinese people, because like, yeah. it's funny you guys were just talking about like hit pieces and stuff. In mm. order to avoid that with myself, like I've tried to be as honest as I can. Like even in my streams, I've like when a really good Chinese comedian, his name is Kamu, he's like from Xinjiang. He got arrested recently for doing drugs. And I'm assuming if he really did do drugs, uh, I'm assuming it was marijuana. Mm. And I just went on a fucking and rant for like 20 minutes on my stream just being like guys you have to change or update your perspective on marijuana because the rest of the world already has and like mm -hmm. even chinese people that are woke or at least aware of the government's uh evil they still have outdated perspectives of marijuana and for someone yeah. like a comedian like kamu is so valuable for chinese society because he makes fun of those like um variety shows and like those yeah. stupid yeah, ones where like these young people try and compete with each other he like actually makes fun of that and i'm like you need that because a 14 year old kid's going to be looking at this and he's like wow i hate these shows but all my friends love them and then he yeah. sees a comedian make fun of it and he's like oh i'm not the one that's wrong right and exactly. so in order to protect protest that on my stream i just smoked a bunch of pot and then <laughs> did the rest of the stream and like wrapped in, in mandarin while i was Hi, just to show them like, hey, guys, this is like a much different drug than you think yeah. uh, and you need to update your perspective on it. And so what I'm trying to just be as open as possible so that when inevitably there are hit pieces out about me, I can be like, yo, are you kidding me? I recorded a video like last year trying to tell you guys how to use Tinder to have sex with foreign girls. Like I don't I don't try and hide my right. heterosexuality. I don't try and hide like me smoking pot or any of that stuff from anybody i try and be as honest as possible just to avoid that that's good and it's also very inspirational for not the counterculture in china but also just the people that want a healthy different perspective like mm. you mentioned because yeah like you right. if you go to china and you actually turn on the tv or you talk to like the mainstream people um let's say in a third tier city you would actually think that everyone watches the same thing and has the same opinion about everything but there is a counterculture right. in china yeah especially in shanghai beijing right. guangzhou so yeah. it's healthy to that's what I hate when Chinese out. people like try and post comments on my videos and they're like, actually, most Chinese people think this. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, really? You yeah. speak you speak for one point four billion people. They do. They do. They do believe that when they're speaking, they're speaking for everyone like our China, our Chinese people. It's our, in the this, lexicon. It's just the way they're brought up. But yeah, absolutely. The <laughs> your open honesty is not something that's appreciated in China. Um, and it's it's something that, you know, I, I personally feel that uh, the chances of you getting actual hit pieces against you are very slim. And the reason for this is, is that because you were so heavily promoted in China and you were, you had a shining career in China, it would really make them lose face if they were to attack you because they were the ones, you know, really kind of pushing you in the first place. Um, on top of that, since you've now been completely banned from Chinese Internet, it's very difficult for them to make hit pieces against you. You know, that's the difference. Um, they can't go and make a video saying, you know, Lolo Fali's a, a piece of crap because they just put that in their video title or description or anything and it'll just get censored. So, you know, it's kind of futile. We actually notice a big downtick in harassment when uh, all the stuff that got ripped on Billy Billy, they used to take our videos and then mistranslate what we said. So we'd be like, they've really I done know. a great job in the street. And it's like, this place is <laughs> so fucking dirty. <laughs> yeah. Like all this kind of shit. But yeah. they... They removed all that shit because no one's allowed to talk about us anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's great. It's like thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, the, the other thing is, I speak. I can speak right to the people, man. Mm. I can like have a very deep argument <laughs> with Chinese people, telling them like, this is how they're manipulating you. This is what I actually think. Which is why I think they're probably more 
scared of me, I think, probably. I think so. I think yeah. you're a very necessary voice. I mean, t talking directly to the Chinese people and be being able to influence their opinions in some way, yeah. in a way that they've never been taught in this brainwashed education system is, is a potent thing. It's very necessary. Yeah. Dude, I mean... Dad, I did not plan on doing that. No, I none, of tell us, you. none of us. None of us did. Twelve years ago, I did not have that in mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, that's the thing. Like, uh, I watched a whole bunch of your videos, and um, we binged them. Yeah, they're 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 super funny. That you know, obviously, very talented as a comedian and as a like a rap artist. But for me, watching your videos just made me realize how just how that's that's something that's always been uh, missing from our side. But it's also the audience. If someone watches your videos, a Westerner watches your videos, they're not going to get a whole ton of the jokes. They can read the subtitles and they're going to watch the video and they're going to be like, uh, okay. But it's all the subtleties that you put in there, which are very in specific Chinese, yeah. to the, the Chinese culture. And it's the, you know, the wordplay and uh, the things that you mentioned that make it hilarious for someone like myself and Seamilk. When we, you're bilingual, it's much yeah, funnier, I mean, yeah. Having lived there for so long, having picked up all the idioms and all the, the little idiosyncrasies, I really wish that I could speak Chinese as well as you because I can never express myself, you know, as, as well as you can. But the fact of the matter is um, the Chinese people, are the audience is the one that should be watching you because they can learn so much, you know. Um, and yeah, of, of course, I just want to give them like a platform mm -hmm. to be able to see like what political satire is. Yeah. You know, because I grew up like loving the Colbert Report. Sure. And just sure. like. I love South Park where you can like make absurd humor, but then inside it has a kernel of political truth that of people course. expect. Well, it's very okay, important. Wait a second, I didn't think about that. Right. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, uh, of course, anyone who's out there watching our channel, this guy needs your support. And for those of you who don't really know what's going on here is um, Lolo Farley. Maybe you can just do a little uh, very brief introduction of your sort of career and what you've been doing with regards to Chinese and, and China. And plug, plug your social media. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, yeah, social media is all L-E-L-E -E Farley, like Chris Farley. Um, and I've studied Chinese for over a decade. Uh, I went to an acting school in China called the Central Academy of Drama. It's very hard for Chinese people to get into, but as a foreign student, you need to pass HSK-5, the old HSK system, and you can basically get in. I studied acting there, and then because of that, my pronunciation and, and uh, colloquial skills got very good because I think that the best way to learn language is really through an acting setting because that's what you're doing when you're learning a foreign language. You're acting until it becomes your own language. You're just memorizing until you can feel the language. And because of that, when I came back to America, I moved to L.A. I got a job doing hosting uh, at a shitty Chinese TV station here. And during that time, I also started to host Chinese events. Long story short, over the course of three years, I went from being a really uh, bad event host to being like a pretty decent comedian bilingual host uh, and was making a good living doing that um, before this freaking virus hit. And and the virus hit and obviously can't have any events anymore. So I lost my job. And then at that time, I also just saw how I mean, I already knew that Xi Jinping was like bringing the country down. And like, that's why I left China initially. But after their response to the virus too, just all the really messed up things that they did, I was just like, this is this is terrible, man. And it was eating me inside. I obviously wanted to still be able to go back to China and everybody around me was telling me, don't speak out, like don't speak out because if you do, you're gonna lose your market and like all that stuff. I'm sure you guys heard it too. Yeah. Um, and finally one day, like I was talking to a few of my friends 
Titans and I saw Dave Chappelle's special where he said, you know, don't let them shut you up. He said, right now is when we need artists to help contextualize what's going on. And I just thought to myself, like, fuck, I see both sides are going through the same shit and they're both like being manipulated by their leaders. So how can I approach this in a way that can effectively communicate my point to people? And I thought comedy and rap, uh, which is what's happening. So I, I have raps on all the music streaming platforms and I have a new one coming out next Friday called uh, Donald the Pooh where <laughs> okay. I attack Donald Trump and Xi Jinping because they're the same thing. Awesome. <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah. No, that's that's it, man. But for for the viewers at home and listening on the podcast, uh, what he's just described is how he kind of rose to fame in China and uh, is very well known within the Chinese spheres because of his uh, language ability, etc. And of course, his comedy and all that. But if you try to search his name in China right now or on the Chinese Internet, it's gone. So everything that's been built up over all these years has disappeared overnight. And this is what China does in order to punish you and in order to block out the truth. It's if somebody starts to say things that are uncomfortable, somebody that's especially if they're a little bit famous, if they say anything uncomfortable and they criticize the government or the way the government's handled something, you will lose everything overnight. And they can. They have the power to do that. And there's nothing you can do to fight back against it. And that's my two-pronged question for you. Uh, number one, what was the event that triggered all of this ban? Like, when I go on to Baidu and I look for your name, why can I not find you? And number two, when you talked about that shift where you're like, <clears throat> this is the p- a path that China's going down right now that I can't get on board with, when when did that shift happen? What was the, the event that triggered that as well? Well... Uh, one thing that got me banned was it was so funny because I did the first two episodes of the Cold War 2020 series that I've done uh, for anybody interested in what series is kind of blowing up right now online mm-hmm. is yeah, that go, go take and the first two episodes the first two episodes didn't get me banned it just froze my domestic accounts mm-hmm. um, and that was because the first episode I just played as the chi- general the Chinese government as a general character yeah. and then the second episode I just used it really to make fun of Trump uh, or Trump fans um, but it was the third episode where I put on a Winnie the Pooh onesie and uh, was like <laughs> yeah. smoking we Marlboro love cigarettes <laughs> and acting, yeah. acting like I was Xi Jinping, just like depressed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was that episode. As soon as that came out, man, it was like within 10 hours, I was erased from the Chinese Internet completely, which I always say just like, if you want to know who controls your society, who can you not talk about? And exactly. like, as soon as I put something out about Xi, they erased me completely. I knew that that was going to happen. I just didn't think it was going to happen until I put my song out. Sure. Um, they they were much quicker than I thought. Uh, and then what was the second question? I'm sorry. Second question is like, when when did you notice the, this dark shift that made you not on board with the Chinese government that you had to start speaking out? Well, there was one time where I was in China because I initially went back to China thinking that I was going to just really figure out how to approach writing bilingual raps from a linguistics perspective. Um, and so I was like, all right, I'm going to go back to China for like two years. I know things are kind of fucked, but like this was like 2018. So I was like, all right, I'll just go and then I'll get my master's degree. I'll come back to America and I'll make a career as a bilingual go rapper. But when I got there within the first semester, I mean, there was two moments. There was one moment where I was in a hotel. I was hosting an event in a city. I think it was actually Wuhan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was in the hotel watching TV and there was like these two hosts in the middle of about 50 students who had like all their student uniforms on and they were talking about a letter that Xi Jinping supposedly wrote to his father when he was like younger and they were like talking about how great his penmanship was and anybody that speaks Chinese knows that like <laughs> Xi Jinping's <clears throat> like can't even speak 
<laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah. I people, he's like a more sociopathic, like George W. Bush. Like, he's yeah. just stupid. Uh, yeah. And so, like, when I saw all this, I was like, because I, I studied my major in college was economics and Chinese studies. And so, like, we had one class where all it was for a semester, we just studied the Cultural Revolution. So, like, I saw all these like things that they were doing that was similar to the Cultural Revolution, and it scared the shit out of me, and I left. Um, now it was only once the virus started and they started their campaign to try and like manipulate governments into being like China helped us. And yeah. then when they started saying like the American, like U S army, like brought it over to Wuhan, yeah. it was not only when I saw them doing that, but I saw even my most educated Chinese friends eating it up. I yeah. was like, hold shit. That's dude. what shocked us. We were like, okay, the government dude, can say this terrible. kind of shit, yeah. but my friends are actually believing it. Yeah. Like I, I couldn't believe yeah. it. It's it's ridiculous. It was so sad. Yeah. They say whatever the, they say anything, and immediately it's just swallowed up. Like when the stock market crashed, my father-in-law was phoning my wife to say it was foreign influence that made the stock market crash. You know, because that was the narrative. And I was like, no, that's bullshit. And then a couple of days later, they're like, hang on, like less than one percent of the stock market has any kind of foreign investment anyway. You know, they're not allowed to, so they kind mm. of had to think about that a little bit. But it's always whenever something bad goes wrong in China, it's always like, oh. It's the Shao Ruben Guizhou, or it's the Young Guizhou, whatever. It's always some bullshit thing about like foreigners have inf- interviewed. It's they're keeping us down. People go out in the street, get angry, break stuff, or whatever, and then they forget about the actual government that caused the issue. It's all the, the tactics. They have book. a rich history of doing that. Like yeah. if, if Chinese people look at your fucking history, yeah. starting from Ming and Qing, like that's what they did. Man. <laughs> and they just completely blamed foreign powers for a lot of problems that stemmed from their own mishandling of government affairs yeah absolutely oh man it's good to find somebody who can speak some truths especially in mandarin because uh that's something that we find incredibly hard we've been very critical of the chinese government you know for the the last couple of years say two years or so either through our podcasts or our adv channel or, or our channels and it because we don't connect very well with the Chinese audience. We kind of are seen as an enemy, and so we're attacked all the, the time. Side, yes. Yeah, the, the nationalists, <clears throat> obviously. Um, so it's great because if they go over to your channel and they actually watch your videos, it's going to be incredibly difficult for them to put you as an other because you know you are very much on the same level when it comes to the thinking and the the speaking and all that kind of stuff. So it's fantastic. I, I want as many people as possible to go over and support Me you. Too. So if you're watching this podcast, please go over and, and subscribe to his channel because it's actually really funny. He's got some great music videos and uh, just it's good to see someone who's so skilled at another language. You know, um, in fact, his Chinese is better than a lot of Chinese people I know. And that's that's no exaggeration. You know, you might think that's uh, that's bullshit. But seriously, especially when you travel through the more rural parts of China, you get people that have got very limited vocabulary and understanding of what's going right. on. Right. Sure. You know what I mean? So yeah. the regional For dialogues. sure. It's funny because I've seen on Zhihu how people manipulate some of your guys' videos. Like yeah. I've seen posts there and I've seen them take and choose like just clips of what you're saying and then put on Chinese subtitles right. like to what you're saying. And I'm like, wait, there's no way they really said this. And I'll go like watch the original video and just be like, oh, my God. But it's so funny. Chinese people don't even think no. that the person that's giving them the information might be manipulating. No, yeah. You know? For God's sakes, I mean, they made a video saying that my wife cries every night in America, and she's uh, she's running back to China, you know, like, <laughs> and everyone bought it. It got millions of views and stuff, yeah. and it was it was to the point where family members were calling. They were like, "Vivi, are you okay? Like, what's going on? <laughs> you're back. You're back in <laughs> yeah. China now." 
My favorite is when they put... This is like elementary skill, (laughs) elementary bully tactics. It really is. They they put the dramatic music, you Mm. know, they'll like freeze frame and they'll put some dramatic music and like... They were like, look at in America, there's black people everywhere at nighttime. Look at how scary it is. We're just watching this. We're like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, exactly. Dude, I get all the time because I get Chinese people hit me up. They're like, yo, uh, are you okay over there? Because, you know, I've heard America is basically in like another civil war. I'm like, yo, relax, dude. It's beautiful what's been happening because like. It's kind of what you did with your, like, Xi Jinping is, like, super reveling in this shit that's going on in the U.S. right now. It's so funny because they will turn off any news that they find unpalatable in two seconds, but they are really latching onto this right now. They're loving it. They love it. I'm, like, sick of dealing with, like, Chinese friends being like, yo, it's not as bad. They're manipulating the information. I don't even, I'm too lazy to do that anymore. I just say to them, this is what progress looks like. That's what it looks like. Right. You yeah, have to fight for progress. Right? Like, things things can change. You can't do that in China. It's no. impossible, you know. Right. The cops kill someone, which happens all the time. Nothing can be done about it, you know. You try to do something about it, you end Dude. up dead too, you know. Or- Dude, Vapa, that singer, that Chinese female singer, she, like, uh, posted a thing supporting Hong Kong police way mm-hmm. back when. Mm-hmm. And then when all the stuff is happening in America, she posted a story on her Instagram of her listening to Fuck the Police. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> like and I was just like, I, I, I took a screenshot of it. And I posted it on my Twitter. I was like, this is Chinese hip hop in a nutshell right yeah, here. Right, just yeah. like completely hypocritical. Right. I've got a question for you, which is kind of important. Um, you know, I've, I've only been in the States for, for about a year and a bit now. Okay. I, I love it here. But one thing that's been really pissing me off and no joke is every time I've been to like an Asian supermarket or into an Asian area, the signs up there in China, the Chinese signs up there that are just blatantly telling you how you can rip off your taxes. They're telling you how you can get, you know, under the table visas, how to cheat the system, how to get your, you know, um, you know, call this number if you yeah, want to get unemployment. We, even WeChat groups here, yeah. like in California, telling you how to like buy a driver's license. Yeah, they, they've got all these, but it's out yeah, there. Yeah, I'm in those WeChat groups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's it's like it's out there in the open, just blatantly, like, okay, this is how you break the law. You want to cheat the system? Just do this. It pisses me off. Um, so I've got a kind of a personal crusade where I want to like expose some of this stuff in the future. I want to go around and just be like, look, this is what's actually being said under your noses. It's ridiculous, you know. But mm-hmm. you have worked for some of the, the CCP-backed newspapers or, or whatever here doing translations and stuff like that, correct? I think I saw yeah. one of your videos. Um, yeah, People's Daily. Yeah, the, okay, the People's Daily, great. So is there, can, can you give some people's insight into what's actually going on? What is it that they're trying to do, um, you know, soft power-wise anyway? Oh, for sure. Yeah, Chinese has a saying they call uh, So there's a policy on top, then there's a way to get through it uh, underneath it. And that's something that, you know, makes Chinese people actually pretty good at businesses sometimes because they know how to like cut the corners where you can, where like the surface level appearance of your business or won't be affected. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that like, as personally, I think sometimes like, the American government needs to just be better. I, I, I like I always am because I studied economics. So I always see that you have to have systematic changes in order to uh, create like a micro change. So, like, for example, I'm big about the environment. I think we need to try and save the environment. We need to take that seriously. But I hate when like my sister's like, 
yo, you didn't recycle that, man. You, like you're you're ending the world. It's like it's not my <laughs> responsibility as a citizen to do that. It's the government's responsibility to create a system that incentivizes me to cho- to to have the cor- correct behavior, to have behavior that will benefit us as a society. And I think that like the law, the loopholes that exist within the law. Uh, Chinese people, like I think that we should bring them out what they're doing, the loopholes, so that we can fix them. Yeah. You know, it would be great to do that. In terms of like, Chinese people are they're they're just learning how to manipulate the system, and like they're doing what they've done to succeed for years. And like I wouldn't blame them in the same way that I don't blame, you know, those Chinese people in 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 China that do her that like yeah. act like they get hit just for money. It's like. Yeah, you're an asshole for doing that for sure. But the fact that you can do that and it will work shows the a problem in the system. Correct. The yeah. system has got to change. Well, in America, yeah. our political system is rotten as hell to the core, man. Oh, of course it is. I mean, there there are political issues anyway. But it's also in China. You you actually are you guys getting a weird feedback on that? When when you guys speak, I don't know why there's like a weird feedback or something. I oh, know your your audio is coming You're through totally super fine. clear. So. Here, let me let me disconnect this real quick, okay. and then let me. Okay, no big deal. Can you hear us now? Can't hear you. Uh, we, we, we lost you. But we lost your microphone. We can't <laughs> hear you anymore. Okay. <laughs> okay, how about now? Yeah, there we go. Now we're good. Good. Yeah. All right, nice. Now it's fixed. Cool. Nice. I was yeah. getting a weird feedback. Sorry. Yeah, what I was going to say is... um. Of course, in China, you you have to behave in this manner in order to survive. It's very cutthroat. You know the way the system works there mm-hmm. is that yes. you you have to figure out how to get through all the loopholes just in order to kind of continue on. So when you to compete, yeah, exactly. Right. When you move to to a different country, you tend to take all your knowledge and you know all all your skills with you, and so that kind of translates to here. But my my overarching question is it's it's separate to that. It's like when you were working for the People's Daily. Um, what what kind of soft power messages were you seeing that you had to translate? You know that are being so, pushed to, here. to clarify. So actually, they're we saw really it. bad at. Sorry. I'm sorry, sorry. they're just, bad at it. I yeah, mean, they, they, they didn't do a good job. <laughs> no, they right. like the People's Daily. The guy that was in charge of it was like high up within the Communist Party that I was working for. Because I did it, I did it for a year in New York City, like the, in the People's Daily overseas edition, and then I did it part time when I went to China. And like the guy that was in charge openly he was like a smart dude he openly would be like yeah i can't believe the party's doing that they're ridiculous he like loved me he loved (laughs) me because we could have intellectual discussions about this stuff uh which i through my experience have realized a lot of these chinese communist party members are like that like if you talk to them in private they'll openly be like yeah i can't it's so stupid man i don't know what to tell you but like (laughs) they benefit from the system so they're down to do it in terms of soft power I never saw anything that was effective at all. Like, mm. I just saw stupidity. The stuff I had to translate, I'd be like, are you sure you guys want to, like, waste money doing this? Like, <laughs> but even the guy that was head of the People's Daily would joke that, like, our whole office is just a waste of money because, like, you know, we're supported <laughs> for the surface level of soft power, but it's not right. actually going to do anything. I think that the government, where they really affect America's politics and stuff, is by... by helping like Trump like I'm sure that you guys have probably noticed on the Chinese subreddit right now uh, on the China subreddit right now there's a lot of bots that are super pro Trump that like will jump on any initial post that you post and just try and do like pro Trump stuff and I think it's because in Chinese circles uh, they're recognizing that Trump is missing out on an opportunity to unite the West and unite the whole world against China 
you know. And so I hate these Chinese people that think that like Trump is anti-China. Trump is himself. So he just will work for himself. So he's not he's not going to do anything that doesn't benefit him, including, you know, actually take real action against China. He's not able to unite our allies against him. That's what China wants. So they do go through channels like investing in Trump's campaign or putting bots out there to influence public opinion to make them like Trump. And that's what they're doing right now. That's the scary shit. The mm-hmm. stuff like the People's Daily and shit. I mean, it, unless you're an absolute moron. Yeah, you I don't think believe it's it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's pretty. Um, how can I put it? It's it's just scary to see how during the coronavirus they were so successful into pushing people into believing that even trying to associate it with China was racist in some form, and they're very successful, especially in places like Canada. You know. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm just sitting back and looking at this and I'm like, this is a joke. How did they manage to pull this off? You know, <laughs> Chinese are the most populous country in the world. It's not, not we're not talking about a minority. Well, that they here. use the, the word minority. Yeah. Like you can't talk about coronavirus as a Chinese thing because that they're mi- minorities. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is, Dude, the it's fact- so frustrating. Yeah. I see all these like asian american organizations like on twitter and on instagram they're like no chinese virus like they're against it and like fine i get why you guys don't like the term but you're missing half of the argument here like you guys can't just uh castigate the people for using the term chinese virus you have to give them a reason and an alternative you can't just like attack right you have to say listen we should call it the wuhan virus or Mm -hmm. ccp virus because it came from the chinese communist party but they won't do that right you know why they won't do that because these big Asian celebrities that like to say like oh I'm all about Asian American I'm all about freedom and I'm all about that stuff don't have the testicular fortitude to actually say something against the government which is right. where it matters right. I mean look at 88 rising right like they say they're all like you know hip-hop and like right. woo, we're all about that but half of their market it comes from China right. they're only internet national office is in China. So these artists will not speak out against literally the most relevant issue on the planet right now. Right. It's yeah. the most relevant one. And you won't talk about you it. Hear like, so how that. can you say that you're genuine or real about anything? That's actually you know? a, good, a good segue I wanted to ask, ask you about. I was when I originally heard about the Higher Brothers when they first came out, I was really vibing. I loved them. I thought they were really talented. Me but too. I've, I've actively seen them be like pro CCP and like bash people on Twitter and like retaliation and stuff. And that shocked me because that's like the least hip hop thing I've ever seen in my life. You know what I mean? So my question was, um, do you think the CCP or the Chinese government deliberately uh, grabbed onto hip hop? Because they saw it getting really popular, right? Especially because of the Korean influence, all this kind of stuff. Do you think they grabbed onto it and made things like rap of China so they could control it so it didn't turn into a counterculture? Yes, they did it after the first season of Zhongguo Yoshiha, China has hit, or the rap of China. The first season, once PG1 and Guy won that, uh, like that first season was pretty sick and you mm-hmm. had some really good rappers uh, on it. But then the difference between that and the second season and the third season is immense. And the reason it happened was because as the managers definitely got a talking to mm-hmm. of these artists by the Chinese government and said, you need to tow the party line. If you want business in this country, you need to tow the party line. And so, you know, Chinese people now call guy, guy like society guy or socialism guy, <laughs> right. uh, because now they rap about lyrics like, you know, and mm-hmm. like, you know, like socialism core values is the best thing ever. It's like the <laughs> least hip hop thing. She didn't think so. ever yeah. <laughs> imagine. It's so funny. Yeah. Like I saw that one guy 
that guy from uh, Africa, I forget what his name is. He's actually a pretty good rapper, but in the last season of China has or Ch- Rap of China, he they rapped about the de- economic development <laughs> opportunities of the U.S. and Af- or no China, China and Africa. Africa. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> So ridiculously <laughs> structure and authority. What's up? Yeah, it's it's really <laughs> yeah. really cringe. So the government man. did a good job, man. They successfully did it. They yeah. did it. Like yeah, they right. controlled it. They successfully did it, and they shut down anybody that speaks out against them. Right, but it, I think yeah. p- people get prematurely excited when there's some sort of movement. Let's say, like, let's say the next thing, like metal takes off or some shit or punk. Yeah. Um, yeah. People get so prematurely excited. They're like, finally, China's going to be a part of the international community. There's, they're going to latch on to something that everyone can have a common lexicon with. But no, what happens is the government will step in and say, this is getting out of control. We we now own this. Right. Yeah. So and then you have right. belt, fucking Belt and Road raps and shit. Yeah, you've heard those, yeah, right? Yeah, you know? it's so funny. <laughs> Fuck, it's so funny. Dude, One Belt, One Road. Yeah. Uh, I love One Belt, Run Road. It's my favorite thing ever because it just shows you how fucking stupid Xi Jinping is. Yeah. Like that he's just like, wait, billion dollar, or no, trillion dollar infrastructure project in uh, unstable countries across the world? Yeah, let's do it. Let's waste money. So Chinese people, they have a, the nickname for him, Tasabi. Right. So it's like because he's just throwing money, right? But it also yeah. sounds like they're calling him a dumb cunt, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, just the tones. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, man, it's quite crazy. But all big corporations, and we we could talk about it forever. But we all know, like NBA, Nike, all these things. You know, they they won't say anything bad against China, and if any of their members do, then they have to be fired, and then the company gets suspended from China's the Chinese market and all that. And it's it's reached this level of ridiculousness where. I sometimes cannot actually believe that this is the world we're living in right now. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, definitely. For me as an artist, like I got to think like when I put my next song out, I hope that a, co- a company that wants to sign me is okay with that because if they sign me, they're probably going to lose their entire Chinese business arm. So yeah. it's like that's already a that's that's what's happening. That's the world we live in right now. If you want me to speak out about the most relevant issue in the world right now, they're going to have to make a sacrifice that a lot of companies aren't willing to make. Right. Is that is that like I ask you, America, is that the creative industry you want? I mean, that's where we are. You know? and the thing I wanted to ask you, though, is do you see a shift? Do you see maybe more companies that are going to step out of line and be like, yeah, this is screwed up? I mean, you see manufacturing leaving already, right? Do you think yeah, it's going to yeah. change in the other direction? Yeah, I think that eventually it will rubber band back where you'll have companies like do advertisement campaigns where they'll just be like, and we don't stick up to China. And like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. going to come back where they're going to like make that a part of their campaign, right. which is fine, I guess. But like, you know, Americans do know this is why I have my video coming out today. I uh, put I, I went with a friend with a. Uh, cheerleader outfits and big fake breasts to the mm-hmm. Chinese embassy and we mm-hmm. protested for uh, I rooted for the premier Li Keqiang uh, right, because right. I'm trying to bring Americans attention to the Chinese government because like I always tell Americans listen guys the Chinese government we don't know shit about it however you're inside or wearing a mask right now because of the Chinese government yeah, so as yeah. Americans you have a duty to know more about the Chinese government so that you can influence politicians to have a more nuanced perspective it's more confusing right. than just like I'm going to be t- tougher on China. Like, I'll do it. I'll be the one to stick up to him. It's like, no, what are you going to do specifically? Right. And yeah. so I, you know, 
Americans don't like Chinese politics, but they sure do love big titties was my right. launching point. <laughs> and so we went and did this protest because I'm trying to inform Americans about this so that they can grasp the nuance of the Chinese Communist Party. You should look yeah. at it in the way that people read like People magazine, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, because yeah. it's interesting. Mm -hmm. At well, the that, end of the day, it is interesting. Dude, yeah. like there's so much ignorance surrounding China and China plays such an important role in the world today in, on so many levels and affects the world you know, negatively and positively, but these days more negatively in a lot of ways. And people just don't understand it. That's the reason I started making my videos in the first place was there were there were no YouTube videos or there, there was no information of what life is like in China out there. You know, it was a blank slate. So I started making them so I could help other people understand because nobody knows. Nobody knows the, the difference between Hong Kong and Tokyo, really. You know, people just don't understand. Oh, is Hong Kong part of Japan or China? You know, people are ignorant as all hell. Uh, when it comes to you know Asia in general, but specifically China, they don't really understand what's going on. So it's important yeah. for you to be r raising awareness. You know, I had to go watch some of your videos or both y'all's videos when I was because I hosted a food show where for the CCTV actually, uh, okay. and it was all through Southern California. We went to Chinese restaurants and like we had to do like different talk about different dishes and stuff and for me like i don't really know food that well mm -hmm. so like i had to do homework by looking at your guys videos it was like oh, nice. oh okay that's how i say that in english word all right <laughs> <laughs> sweet uh did you watch our quest for the best uh chinese thing where we drove up and down the coast yeah yeah yeah, 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 nice. yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah for sure yeah that was so that was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun we met a lot of good people and that's the thing we met a lot of fantastic uh, chinese immigrants that have you know made it made their way to the states and actually become successful um, and it's it's awesome to see that. And mm -hmm. again, it just reminded us again as to why we fell in love with China in the first place. It's the people, you know, it's the it's the slimy government that screws things up for everyone. And and it's it, annoying. And it's a David and Goliath situation, because like you said, you're trying to bring awareness by putting on tits and a cheerleader outfit and stuff, because that's the level you have to go to to make people pay <laughs> attention to something this important. And what we found is that we are pretty much the only, there, oh, there's only a few of us actually actively speaking out against this, but we're fighting against like the biggest tyrannical dictatorship in the world. That's why I said in my video, it's the biggest mafia in the world. It is. Yeah, they are. It's, the biggest, it's a mafia. And, and Chinese people will be the first to tell you that and use that language as well. Yeah, I mean, what, yes. yeah. what kind of government goes after your family, you know, right. to try and, you know, shut you up? It is a mafia. <laughs> you know, the fact that they've tried to, you know, affect my parents' business in South Africa. They've tried to, you know, harass my parents in South Africa. And of course, uh, friends and family in China, obviously, because it's easier for them. It just shows the lengths they'll go to just because of a stupid YouTuber making videos talking about some of the issues in China. They'll go that far. It's, yeah. you know, you don't see you see like a billion channels on YouTube making fun of Trump and doing all this, but not one of them is getting, you know, like their parents wherever being harassed by the government and threatened to that's be a very personal real issue for us right now <laughs> yeah you know what i mean mm. yeah it's kind of crazy for sure and so i think that the only way to do it is to ignite the west's interest and attention mm. into china so that it puts them in a more difficult position when they want to harass people mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and i said that in, my, in the end of my last video i said to like all all the people watch i said listen guys if you don't want to support me on paypal or patreon like i completely understand it's like tough times out there for yeah. sure yeah. Mm -hmm. but please subscribe to my youtube and and follow me on twitter because so many chinese people will be like dude i loved your video and then they don't subscribe to my youtube and I'm like, come on, man. Like, I'm just asking you to do this one thing because if the number is bigger, it yeah. makes the Chinese government, it puts them in a tougher position it when does. they want to, when they inevitably 
make a move to try and harass me, which I could definitely see happening after my next song comes out. Because, you know, I have (laughs) in the lyrics, I say, like, literally, fuck Xi Jinping. (laughs) And like, (laughs) it's so funny recording the song. The engineer's like, like, uh, we're going to take it from uh, fuck Xi Jinping. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it so nice to be able to do that? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's oh uh, dude it feels I, I told people like as soon as i decided to say fuck it i'm gonna do what i want my brain just like created a surge it's just like are through the roof just like <laughs> it was something i've never felt before like right. i feel i feel great i feel the best i've felt throughout my 20s like i feel like i have a direction in my life i feel like i have a purpose and stuff it's it's mm-hmm. giving me everything and think, ironically yeah i, I, mean, I, was looking I think for chinese people so chinese people i think the audience can imagine how they feel every day to be constricted like that Completely creatively constricted. It's terrible. Yeah. And it works on us. It, it absolutely it works on us YouTubers, especially when you're living in China, you know you cannot talk about certain things. You self-censor. You you find yourself pigeonholing yourself and, and you know, basically your horizons grow shorter and smaller and smaller because um, if you say anything out of step, the police are going to come and visit you. And it's happened to me. The police have come to visit me. You know, I've been reported as a spy because, you know, the nationalists get all pissed off that I say something they don't like. All this kind of crap. Did that know, happen when you were using a drone or something? Like that was mine, yeah. Kept following that was yeah, oh, that was, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that that's the most annoying thing is that uh, you, you end up self-censoring. And that's why if you look at YouTubers in China, you have to understand... They can't be critical of China. They can only be positive, right. you know? It's not possible. So as soon as we left, everyone's like, oh, you just became so negative and stuff. It's like, no, dude, finally, I could talk about all the bullshit that I saw and I couldn't <laughs> right. talk about before because I don't right. need to worry about them coming and taking me away. Right. You know? Yeah, Chinese people have said that to me. Like, old fans yeah. uh, have been like, Lola, you've changed. You've changed. I'm <laughs> no, like, no, no, dude. No. I've always been like this. I've always wanted to do it. I've just had everyone and their mother around me saying I can't do it. Right. And it it affects you, man. It, it like I, when I was in it, I was telling myself like, yeah, it's not really that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as I said, "F it," I want to do whatever I want want to do, and I can shoot. You know, in the last episode, I have that guy Fula Fu buying cocaine from Nathan Rich and doing coke. <laughs> like this is stuff yeah. that I would never have even dreamed of writing into a skit. <laughs> that was hilarious, by the way. That, that was just, why not? Yeah, yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> keep keep those up. Those are yeah. Amazing. Keep them up. Well, uh, that's sorry. Before before you continue, sorry. that's something that uh, again we we really would like as many people to go over and support you as possible because um, comedians' voice is incredibly important. You know, comedy is what reaches the the masses easier. You know, like I can sit there and try to discuss something in a rather stoic and boring way. It's not going to connect as well as somebody who can actually make people laugh and mm-hmm. bring people in, especially bilingual. Mm. So uh, your voice is very important and we'd like as many people as possible to see it. So don't forget, guys, all the links are down below. Go check out his channel and please subscribe and you can leave a little, uh, you know, ADV China sent me here type thing. Let's spam your yeah, comments Yeah, I really appreciate it. Well, the thing is you guys, though, are important because you, one, you influence me. Like I get a lot of, uh, of it from, like when I saw you guys start to speak out, I was like, if, if the these guys because that's a bigger sacrifice for you like I was popular in China but I wasn't that popular and so it wasn't nearly as big of a sacrifice for me but like when I saw you guys doing it I was like fuck this this is a real problem and it is not going to get better anytime soon and so you know it's it's also process what I tell people all the time like self-censorship is much more complicated than just the money it's 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 there's so much that goes into it if you eventually want to 
speak out. I had so many people telling me, dude, just speak out a little bit. You know, just say some stuff. <laughs> Turn it up. Yeah. Don't say stuff that could really get you in trouble. I was like, yeah. You got I'm on live. You know? I'm on live. I'm on Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, dude. We really uh, But it's important, though, because what you guys do is also, and I told my Chinese fans this before, um, because they've said like, oh, Lila, we think because you have the language skills, you're the only one that sees things clearly. And I'm like, my language skills help me with reading the government. But your guys have a visual rep. You guys have a visual presentation skill that is different. It's you have to attack it from all angles. You know, mm. comedy is important and language of them is important. But there is other aspects that people need to see to get their interest stimulated mm -hmm. and to like kind of sway their opinion or at least challenge their opinion. Right. You know, it's it's it, you have to go through all <laughs> angles. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, we're in this together right now. And <laughs> Absolutely. I hope, man. I hope there's. I mean, that's why we wanted to do puddle. this, right? Yeah. Ho um, hopefully, more and more people start speaking out. Yeah. Um, uh, we're going to probably wrap this up I in think a minute. Will. But, yeah. but um, I want to ask you something. I've noticed some more English speaking and Chinese speaking Chinese dissident types wearing face masks going on YouTube, going on social media from within China, from outside China. I've seen an uptick in this. And do you think that uptick is going to, going to continue or do you think there's that, I think I liked what you said when you said, you just do a little bit of self-censorship, but you know, you can speak out a little bit. I see kind of that element going on in their videos. Do you think you're going to see an uptick in, in the veracity of their statements or more of people like this actually speaking out from China? So all I know is that my a lot of my friends are aware of how fucked things are getting and a lot of them are extremely depressed from it. And like a lot of people that come to my streams, you know, I speak only basically Chinese in most of my streams. Sure. I'm going to do English streams in the future. Um, but during these Chinese streams, Chinese people that are within the wall using VPNs will ask me like all the questions that we're asking today. And they'll ask me, what do you think I should do? And I'm just honest with them. I'm like, listen, if it was me, I would put every ounce of my energy and every cent I had into trying to get out. Mm. It is like that serious. <laughs> right. And I yeah. would advise Chinese people, if you are going to <clears throat> criticize the government, you need to be smart about it. First, try and get the fuck out. Like, yeah. write everything down while you're there and so that you, like, can remember your observations and stuff that you're seeing. But then try and get out. And then once you're out, you will be able to do a lot more damage. You can't, because if you just do it in there, the Chinese government, they're gonna, they're gonna shut you down so fast yeah, yeah. that you won't be able to actually make a difference. So you gotta get the fuck out first. <laughs> yeah, 100% yeah. true, man. That's good advice. <clears throat> Dude, it's been fantastic yeah. finally uh, being able to talk to you. I'm sure we'll be keeping in contact and hopefully have you on in the future. And, I'm sure all the um, subs loved this interview. Definitely. It was a good yeah. one. And Definitely, I'm in I'm in California. So if you guys ever, we could also do it in person at, at some point. Yeah, I'm absolutely. always down. Absolutely, Sweet. that sounds good. We'll share some Rona together. Yeah, get some Corona. Yeah. <laughs> share some Rona. <laughs> nice, yeah. some free Rona. Yeah. Is there anything you want to add before yeah. we uh, sign off? Uh, my thing that I would add is like the reason I do comedy and I do rap is because I call it the zaman gainian, which is like zaman in Chinese. There's two we's. And the we that we're familiar with is woman. That's mm -hmm. the one that exists in English. But in the north part of China, they have a different we, which is zaman. And if you hear that zaman, it means that you're included. So if it's really exciting when you're like friends are like, hey, yeah, we're going to get out of here. But if they use zaman, it's like, oh, my God, like yeah. I'm a part of this. Like, okay, hey, let's, yeah, let's go. And, and, and I always say like my what I'm doing rap for and what I'm doing comedy for is I want to show the youth of China and the world that like, listen, our battle is not with each other. Like we are in this together. The environment yeah. is in such a critical condition 
that only by uniting and reaching the youth of the world can we even have a chance to save it. So, so there is no you, there's no me, there's only Zaman. Like we're in I this like that. together. That is really what it is. That's mm. that's a very good philosophy to have, man. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. All right, guys. Um, if you want to check him out, check all the social media out. We'll have everything linked down in the description, maybe in the pin comment as well. Yeah. So, it gets more good. visibility. Cool. I want to say thanks Thank so much guys for coming for on the show. Thank you having me. I greatly appreciate it, for yeah. sure. No no voices like yours need to be heard, man. And as, if, if we can help, we'll help, you know? Super important. Hey, I appreciate it so much. Wait till you guys see the video I got coming out today. Can't, can't wait. Awesome. Can't Clock. wait. Right, guys, now it's time for Guanxi Corner, where we talk about relationships and, uh, you know, usually regarding China. Um, by the way, a uh, big thank you to our guest, Lila Farley. Uh, so a ton of uh, political charge comments in the comment section. Guys, we are not the CCP. We are not the Chinese government. So people can have their opinions, whether we agree with them or not. We don't want to censor anyone. So, you know, if you hold those same values, you would understand yeah. that. Yeah, we respect our guests opinions and they can have them we're not going to shut them down so please for all of you guys thinking that we're trying to take sides on anything we don't you know so we think that he's a very valuable contributor to this entire sort of narrative and and uh, the information about you know what's going on in it's china very important yeah. especially for the chinese audience that wants a bit of freedom in their in their you know life yeah no it's to move forward and as as said in the main segment is guys please go show him a little bit of support mm -hmm. his skits are hilarious very whether, very funny whether you agree with his political leanings or not it's fantastic what he's doing and his chinese is incredibly good so it's worth checking out for that and some of you may have been scared off when he said he does his streams in chinese don't worry his main all his main videos his music videos all have english subtitles or or yeah. speaking english yeah or well. speaking so go check it out um all the all of his links are in the description yeah so you can go check it out after the the podcast is over thank you very much to lila farley please check him out yeah um, and that actually goes into guanxi corner mm -hmm. this all spiraled when we got his links sent to us sure and somebody on patreon said yo this guy is hilarious check him out yeah we get people sending us links all the time but this is one of the many situations where we do click them. We go through with them. Yeah. And we watched this and we were like, holy crap, this is the funniest thing we've ever seen. Yeah, because it's so... He hits the nail on the head really? when it comes to the Chinese politics side of things. And he also had a very similar story to us uh, with dealing with the Chinese government. So it was mm -hmm. like a, a brother, you know. And, sure. and there's more and more people like that springing up, which is excellent. Yeah. You know, both on the Chinese internet and on the Western internet, too. Correct. Uh, just speaking the truth. So thank you to the Guanxi Corner dude who sent us the links and put us in contact. So now we're actually going to move directly on to our world view, mm -hmm. which is, of course, we talk about everything happening in the world, specifically to do with China, usually. And we've been asked a lot by people lately about the whole India conflict. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so I'm going to bring some media. Yeah, I'm going to bring something up. Um, but I, I think we can uh, give me a second. Everybody kind of understands that something's been going on with China and India, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there is this uh, sort of disputed sort of area mm -hmm. which china claims belongs to them india claims belong belongs to them you know the deal um let's bring it up here you know the drill you know the drill. stay original pradesh <laughs> okay yeah. so i'll give everyone a quick rundown if sure. you have not been following the news there's an area of india slash china called original pradesh it's near mm -hmm. tibet 
There's also other ter- like ter- uh, disputed territories between China and India. This is not new. Mm. And I this is one thing I think people are disappointed with. They think it's this massive, huge thing that's happening. There have been disputes like every year yeah. since like 1975 on this border. Yeah, and the CCP usually puts out very childish things yeah. on TV, making fun of Indians and yeah. stuff. And There's a lot of animosity on both sides. Mm. It's not new news. No. Uh, but there was a, it was the deadliest conflict, I believe, since 1975. I think there was like 60 Indian soldiers killed. Uh, there were makeshift weapons being used, despite having a treaty to not use weapons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's actually something funny i'll bring up in a little bit but anyway um it's still an issue yeah it's become a major uh, hot button issue within indian politics as well because yes. some some sides are claiming that okay it's our fault that we we made this happen and then the other people are like screw china blah blah blah. you know this should have never happened there's a massive movement to, um in india to boycott chinese actually, products I have a picture of that oh, right there, yeah. okay. that's amongst the indian populace uh the majority is quite anti-china at least anti-Chinese government. And they're trying to boycott Chinese products. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's because the the Chinese military are killing uh, Indian soldiers up in the disputed area. Right. And it's just annoying because as we spoke about earlier, like right in the beginning of the show, China has this um, way of slowly expanding and pushing the boundaries. And uh, when people start questioning, hang on, what's going on? Then they'll kind of stonewall it and just pretend it's not going on. But they'll keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing keep building their little military bases, keep building their stuff. And uh, by the time people wake up and they're like, wait a second, come on, guys, like you're breaking international law here or you're inside our border. Mm. They're like, nah, mm. there's an ancient map that says that belongs to us anyway. And then they'll kill anyone who tries to go near them. So you can understand why the, the Indian public is quite pissed off with the whole mm. thing. Um, and it has led to a big thing. We, we're probably going to see how this all pans out. Yeah, uh, and we'll discuss it properly. I guess the whole the future. The whole point is, I just wanted to say, I don't think this is going to lead to to world war or something. No, no. Like a lot of people don't understand that these clashes have happened historically. Yeah, it's a very hot area, right? Yeah. But it's not one of that much uh, trade importance or anything like that. So it's not something that they would go into like nuclear arms race over. No. Despite what both sides are telling you, mm. like I saw Global Times today put out a thing. Yeah. saying like this is how many nukes we have this is how much bigger our economy is than china or india, india yeah, you know yeah. Yeah. and flexing on them but i want to throw something really funny in here i wish we had it yeah uh china didn't want to make it look like only indian soldiers lost their lives in this conflict mm-hmm. so they said that like 56 or something chinese soldiers also lost their lives and mm-hmm. it was going a, a viral on chinese media and with the names of all the soldiers that lost their lives in this conflict yeah then a very enterprising and clever Chinese man goes, wait a minute, these are all Chinese generals. Yeah. So he went to Wikipedia, and the first 31 names are literally like in the same order, Chinese generals that have already died since 1955. Yeah, exactly. So, so anyway, a it's, it's a funny thing. Yeah. So look, that's the, the India conflict is still unfolding. Mm-hmm. We still don't know exactly where things are going to go with that, and we don't want to prematurely talk about yeah. it too much. Yeah. But it's, it's pretty horrible and stupid scuffle on both sides and both sides are you know playing bad hands when it comes to this thing uh so we'll just have to see how it goes out the 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 difference is is that from the indian side at least you get a kind of an open news about it Mm -hmm. you can hear about it all the time they talk about it on the chinese side it's very muted you don't really know what's going on they do some saber rattling from time to time but you don't really know what's actually going on so that's the difference yeah right Cool. What else cool. do we have in world news? Anything? That was it. Anything? Okay. That was it. All right. We'll go into. So it's time for our Q and A, where we answer your questions and question your answers. You question our answers. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> First, so, we have uh, KWNY Upstate. Uh, 
he says it's a swimming pool across the city to help Chinese learn to swim, not flood. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, Talbot links. Thanks for bringing up the gorges and the mandate together. Most Americans, even if they know the idea, can't understand what it entails. They don't understand why disasters get censored. Yeah, I think a lot of Westerners don't understand why would you censor a disaster? It's not the fault of the government if a hurricane blows through. Sure. But it is in China. And that's how the Chinese government well, works. Well, I mean, think about it with the Sichuan earthquake, which in the beginning was also heavily censored, is a lot of the buildings were not built properly, mm. not built to code, and the collapse. And it was tragic because specifically schools killed and buried school students, you know, middle school and, you know, young students busy studying. And there's these tragic pictures of these dead children with their pens still in their hands, all being crushed by by these really crappy buildings. Wow. And so I feel like they were, you know, first of all, just trying to not let people realize what a bad job they had done in enforcing building yeah. codes yeah. and, you know, the safety of their own population. That ties into the mandate of heaven thing because yeah. people ask too many questions. They're like, well, this is the government's fault. Sure. Right. Uh, and of course, the the Olympic Games was coming up, and they didn't want yeah. to have any bad news or disasters coming out of China, um, and it was just bad all around. That's why they censored it so heavily. That's what's the scary thing too is yeah. that this dam potential dam failure is much bigger than the Sichuan earthquake. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure right now every available um, engineer and mm. c civil engineer or whatever in China is currently sure. right there at the Three Gorges Dam making sure that it doesn't collapse. Correct. So, I mean, we know China has the resources to throw billions and billions behind anything if they need to. And there are no red tape. They don't have to like get Congress to sign off on it or anything. Xi Jinping can say, send every single citizen to go and stand and push against the wall and it'll happen. So right. I think if they're going to pull it off, they'll pull it off. You know, China's going to pull it off if yeah. anyone can. Uh, Big Tech says, damn poetry is best poetry. Very <laughs> okay. true. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ultima MLC, uh, how will China attract any foreigners in the future? Uh, they'll all come from Belt and Road, countries that are yeah. friendly to China. Yeah. Uh, but they don't need a whole lot of foreign, uh, other than foreign investment, they don't need a whole lot of foreign workforce in China. No, no, right? no. Um, attracting it's, foreign it's investments tough. can be tough. It's, it is going to be tough because of the hard line. And the problem is, uh, I guess people have very short memories because if you look at history, China kind of repeats this whole making foreigners the enemy, blocking off, then opening up again, pretending to be all friendly, foreigners invest, foreigners go live there, foreigners like love China, and then all of a sudden foreigners are the enemy and they you kind of purge them and get rid of them. And then, you know, it's rinse and repeat. Um, so we're getting to one of those cycles, near the end of one of those cycles where they're finished with foreigners, they want to block everyone off and purge the foreigners out. So we're going to see what's going to happen. It's probably going to be a long time before China looks like a very welcoming country again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ivo X, love the podcast, the content, and the host. Thank you very much. Aaron Bono, uh, I've been to China three times. I can speak Chinese. I want a Confucius Institute scholarship to study in China spring 2021, but I'm concerned about the anti-foreigner sentiment, restrictions on restaurants, etc. What are your thoughts? Yeah. You know, the, the Confucius Institute is an, uh, a part of the Thousand Talents program. No, mm. part of the, sorry, not the United Front. Right. Sorry, getting confused, the mm. CCP uh, institutes. <laughs> yeah. um, and they are a big propaganda arm of the CCP. And mm -hmm. if you're going to be part of a Confucius Institute uh, program, you're probably going to be fairly well protected if you go to China. Uh, the thing is, you probably will find that it's going to be uh, less fun than it was previously because of this more sort of China-centric view and the, 
the more and more of an anti-foreigner sentiment. But the the thing is, you can still enjoy yourself and have a good time. Sure. So it all depends on whether or not they allow foreigners in by that time, by the way, because they still don't allow foreigners to come in. No. So, you know, we'll, we'll find out when see. that actually happens. Yeah. So they keep saying, like, I, I'm going to go to China next month. Well, no, you're not. No. Not yet. And, <laughs> like, I, I don't want to discourage anyone who really wants to pursue this because, no, you know, you should, you should still go and have an adventure because you you probably can't be in a position like we were to go and spend like over a decade in mm. china and live try to live there but you could at least go for a year or two for sure you know uh maddie uh, from tornado brick maddie boy what happened to that mini schnauzer you had around eight years ago i had a, a gray dog in china um i gave it to my wife's cousin no mm. isn't it that 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 brown and that pp or whatever it was called no, schnauzer the german schnauzer my oh, gray it? dog oh you had a gray dog Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. It's, it's the okay. only dog I had, that little pee-pee one I had for like two weeks. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> And I gave it to our friend. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I gave it to my wife's Who calls their dog pee-pee? I didn't name it pee-pee. <laughs> okay. Vivi, or my wife did because it peed everywhere. Oh, okay. Um, Jeffrey Moon, COVID status, China. We will have no idea. Yeah. It's in full lockdown. Yeah. Like, dude, we can't find anything out about it right now. Look, there was a break, uh, another breakout in Beijing. Beijing, yeah. Um, it came from again, surprise, surprise, a big wet market. They try to blame it on imported Europe. salmon, because they found traces of it on a on a cutting board where someone who was infected had been cutting salmon. Yeah. So they're like, it must be the the foreigners bringing this in again. Such bullshit, since no foreigners have been allowed to go into China since whenever March or whatever. Yeah. So. Again, they just try to blame foreigners for the outbreak. They had to shut down the whole city, put everyone on lockdown. It's a it's a big thing. So they reported, what, 100 and something cases, kept it very minimal. Of course, it's more than that. We don't really know. But, you know, China will make sure that they keep it under wraps and that they do everything they can. They'll make they sure can. you don't know anything. Yeah. Um, it's probably way worse than we know. And, I mean, if it wasn't bad, why wouldn't they be honest about it? You know? You had Denis. Um, mm -hmm. our man will the US and China get into a hot war not a cold one I doubt it that's hopefully not, not no that's not in anyone's interest yeah. to do so uh, Aaron Bono to my last question I'm a white American by the way and thank you for all your awesome content and not being able to uh, afraid to tell the truth Jayo thank you okay case closed 93 I've noticed you guys are two to three weeks ahead of the news when it comes to China how do you stay so far ahead? well we read Chinese we yeah. talk to Chinese people mm -hmm. uh, we're in social media circles yeah, if, if you understand China and have lived there for so long and you, you have an insight into the culture, you can see things coming. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it's just like if you're into, if you follow American politics like everybody seems to love to do around here, you kind of know what's coming and you know what's up and you know, sure. you know, you, you get an idea of what's going to happen. The difference is you, like, as a casual viewer, you're either watching us or you're watching mainstream media tell, tell mainstream you about China. Media and they're way behind. So right? behind because... They, they're morons most of the time. Yeah, they have sure. a very set agenda. It doesn't matter mm. which one you're watching. And they don't have the skills and understanding that the anchors and stuff cannot speak Chinese. They right. can't read Chinese. They don't have Chinese friends and they don't have their phone with WeChat on it where they're watching all talk the to anyone. updates and all the, the news and all the, the nonsense. So they, they are far behind simply right. from that point of view. That's a good point. Thank you. That's a good question. Yeah. Christina Youngren. Thank you, Christina. Really interesting guest. Great work as usual. Thank, thank you, you very much. Jonathan Case. Speaking of Trump, I see his peace plan is going on in Israel. How do the Chinese people and media see the Israeli-Palestinian situation? I actually don't think many people know they about it. They don't know. It. It's just like they care about as much about that as I do, which sure. you know means no interest, so they don't look at it. You know, they don't. Right. 
And it's just not, mm. it's not talked about. No, no, because they've, they've got other things to talk about, like how great Xi Jinping is, for instance. Right. That's pretty, like, <laughs> that's the only on. topic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shaq Sitar, thank you very much. That's very generous, Shaq. Mm. And that's a freaking awesome name, if that's really your name. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal, you know? Yeah. Um, hey, guys. <laughs> I'm happy I managed to catch your stream. First time sending Super Chat, but hopefully it's the first of many. Best wishes to you and your families. Thank you so much. I appreciate that's it a lot. Super yeah. generous. Yeah. Jeremiah Johnson, here he is. Here's our man. Nice. Yeah. Money for a six-pack of silver bullets to cool off while wrenching on cars. I hear uh, rumors of China's, China's Christian community growing huge in the next 15 years. Could that be a path for political change versus the economic fall? Now, uh, China hmm. has one of the actually has the most Christians in the world if you count them. Okay, right? but yeah, also China right. has the most English-speaking people in the world. That's, and that's just because you got such a huge population that can say and hello. So you've got like. 10%, if you have like 5% of that population can speak a little bit of English, yes, now suddenly they overtake the whole world in English speakers. It's just because of the mass population. It actually doesn't mean anything because it's an infinitesimally small little drop in the ocean. What I want to say, though, is there are entire villages and communities that are Christian in China. Yes. However, they are also nationalistic, many of them. Yeah. Do you understand that when they crack down on these underground churches like Catholics and stuff, those guys get pissed off. Mm. But the people that are just Christians, like nominal Christians in China that go to church and stuff that are like state-sponsored churches, they don't hate the government. That's because so, the, the, the Bible's been rewritten for correct. those specific churches. And um, the majority of people are those yeah, Christians. Yeah. So you're, you have a, a Christian base that's quite nationalistic. It loves China. Yeah. And Christianity won't be a, any reason for political change to them unless China completely eradicates religion. Mm -hmm. Instead, they chip away at it, right? Right. That's the difference. Yeah. Eugenie says, I'm good at neither languages. <laughs> okay. Uh, Reality hijacked. Matt, um, Matt Winston, this guy is on point when it comes to China, but needs a hard red pilling when it comes to domestic politics. Work work your magic, boys. Well, you see, that's not our job. We don't we um, don't need to change anyone's perspective. And and I value people's different opinions. Uh, honestly, I do. Obviously, if I've had a couple of drinks and I'm having an argument with a friend, we can talk crap to each other. But, you know, I value someone someone who has their own opinion and their own that's thought you, process. That's how you form and good that's, opinions yourself. And honestly, that's, that's what's beautiful about the West is the fact that we can tolerate people that we, you know, don't agree with, but still be able to meet them on a level ground and have a conversation and and take um what's what's the word i'm looking for there is value in what they say and you can take that and you can look at it without dismissing it just because of their uh political leaning or whatever you can really get a lot from this guy so i do suggest if you don't agree with you know what he says and his political leanings look past that and look at the good stuff that he is doing i mean we're talking about china right yeah it's, you know you yeah. We will never state whether we, if we're talking about domestic politics, we're not, me and Winston aren't going to state whether we agree with that person or not, because that's not what we talk about. Sure. Unless it's somehow related to China, the topic that we can all agree on, right? Yeah. yeah. In some way, shape or form. Absolutely. It but thank be you. Device, this shouldn't be way, divisive. Thank you, thank you for the donation. Yeah. This shouldn't be divisive. Everyone should be allowed to mm -hmm. speak freely. And that's the beauty of America. Yeah. Tony Chen. Will you guys be discussing the Meng Wanzhou extradition case in the coming days? I really hope for the safe return of the two Michaels, but don't want the Canadian justice system to be corruptible by the Chinese government. Yeah, I do want to talk about this for a second. You know, sure. um, I saw an article where Trudeau said that they're not going to do a prisoner transfer mm. because that would undermine the judicial system. That's correct. Which is the correct way to do it. But China doesn't understand that. No. And the, the disgusting things I've been seeing um, some of these higher up CCP officials and, and so on post on Twitter and stuff where they're like, Meng Wanzhou is worth a hundred Michaels or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Really pisses me off, especially since one of the Michaels is our friend. It's so dehumanizing. Um, it's sick. It's just sick. Yeah, you can't say that one person's life 
is worth no. way more than this person's life. And you can't arbitrarily arrest people no. just as retribution because you're pissed off that one of your top level members got caught out breaking the law or potentially. And if you were if you thought that she hadn't broken the law, why are you so afraid of her going to trial? You know what I mean? Why do you have to kidnap people and put them in inhumane detention? Innocent people. Yeah, innocent people and trump up bullshit charges just because you don't want your top official to be caught out breaking the law. You know what I mean? It pisses me off. That's the way it works. So with the Meng Wanzhou thing, personally, I want to see this trial go through. If she is innocent, I want to see her proved innocent. But the Chinese government, CCP, has got to stop trying to be a mafia. It's got to stop trying to hurt other people just so that they can pressure and force the Western world to give up their, you know, criminals, basically. Correct. Uh, Roids SX381, thank Mm. you for both for what you do. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Koala, uh, love the interview with Lola Farley. Just subscribe to his channel. Thank you very much. And guys, don't forget to sub to his channel as well. Yeah. Just dropped a video today. Uh, How does it feel to be foreign talking pigs for the enemies of China spreading lies like the flooding of completely fine area that is projected to produce 10 times the crops of last year. Nice. Thank you for that. Feels pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Um, Mike F, sorry for being a deplorable guy, but love the cast. Um, Mike, (laughs) don't talk about yourself like that. Dude, there there are no deplorables, man. Everybody's awesome. Sure. Heywood, thank you very much. That's very generous of you. Um, Dragon Cat Overload. That okay. is, that's an extreme. Yeah. Hey, Seamilk, you should stop by Michigan. I swear we're more than just people getting shot. Okay. Keep up the good work, you guys. I love your channels. I just did a video about um, if your state in America was a Chinese province, which one would it be? And I compared them. Got a lot of good response on that video, so check it out if you haven't seen it. But um, the people in Michigan have been pretty cool about it. Yeah. You know, the people who got so butthurt over it were New Jersey people. Because really? I said the old trope, like, New Jersey smells bad, you know, because of the pollution or whatever. Right. I've spent more time in Jersey than almost anywhere else in America. I love New Jersey. I know it's beautiful. But it was funny. Most people took it, like, super well. and They love to see their state being represented. Right. It was right. fun. Yeah. Uh, Weirwood Dealer. Winston, I watched your video about risks. I'm in my early 20s in college, and I was recently diagnosed with an illness. I'll recover, but it shook me. Okay. I, have, I have been depressed and wanted to end my life, part one. Okay. Well, first of all, don't end your life. That's very Please much against uh, anything. I, I got to be real with you. There have been a couple of times where I've been very low. And um, I've had some pretty awful things happen to me in the past. Um, and it, it's a weird situation because you can be in a very bad mental state, even if you haven't had something bad happen to you. It's possible to be in just as bad a mental state as somebody who has suffered great tragedy. And it's, it's, it's all the same at the end of the day. When you find yourself in that, that low... You have to push through it. And it's incredibly difficult to see any light at the end of the tunnel. But when you feel so uh, hopeless and, you know, lost, you've got to find that little bit of fighting spirit to just survive. Don't try to change everything really quickly. Just survive. Just get through it because it takes, can take up to six months. But if you get through that low period, things start to get better. And when you look back on it, you're like, thank goodness that i just got through it right. you know what i mean so just whatever you do don't even consider that just just fight it you know well he followed up he did part two. i always wanted to study in japan to learn the language and i know life is short and i need to live to be fulfilled 
I was always scared, but I thought I was going to die. I don't want to regret my life. Yeah. And stay don't. strong. Go do it, dude. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Pull the trigger. <laughs> you have to go to Japan. If you think you want to go to Japan, then you go to Japan. Absolutely. You do it, right? Yeah. 100%. Uh, I mean, and if you can't afford it, just do something to earn money so you can afford it. It's that listen, ladder, right? Yeah. Work listen, towards it. Life is tough. And uh, there have been plenty of times in, in my life anyway where I've had to start from scratch. And this is something that's it's incredibly daunting. And so many people uh, can't even fathom, you know, starting from scratch and giving everything up that you have. But you have to realize, and I think a lot of people have realized during this, this uh, Wuhan flu outbreak, because a lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of people don't have a paycheck to pay for their rent mm-hmm. and their medical insurance or whatever else. They, they start to realize just how insignificant a lot of the trappings of life are. You have to focus on what's really important and it's your life experience, you know? Forget about all the bullshit. Forget about what you think everything you have is worth. Look at your life and your quality of life. What is it that you want from life, you know? Move forward with that, you know? So just learn Japanese, dude. Do it. Ganbarasu, you know, as they say. They don't. Cool. I learned Japanese at some point in my life mm-hmm. and I was... It was better than my Chinese back in the day. Not anymore. Nope. It's <laughs> so one problem. You learn another language, you kind of forget one. It takes over, doesn't it? Yeah. All right, that's about it. Yeah. Thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate Ooh. it. I hope you like the uh, the guest that we had. Go check out his links. And see you tomorrow on your video about... What are you talking about tomorrow? I am going to tell the story of how oh, yeah. a good. leftover woman tried incredibly hard to seduce me. And it's a very... Um, I, I think it's kind of humorous. I heard him and recording it. It sounded pretty it's, funny. It's very telling as well. And it also describes a, a big issue in China, which is very often overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, <clears throat> can't wait to see you in the next one. Please stay awesome.